freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 149 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this show we are calling... Uh, or theming, I guess I could say, Dan, zeroing in. What what do we mean by zeroing in? Well, I hope what you mean by zeroing in is that you're going to allow the guests to actually talk <laughs> and not be zeroing in on closing that mic down and doing all the talking. What do you think? Um, you know what? That could be part of my New Year's resolution, I suppose. Maybe I could work on that. Don't promise something you can't do. Well, that's okay. I definitely... I definitely need to give that some thought then, don't I? Because yeah. <laughs> actually, I think I let the guest talk. It's you that never gets a, a word in edgewise. But um, so I don't have a, a an opening statement that a lot of times I do with our, our themes. And this one lends itself to be able to do that. So I'm kind of sad that I didn't give myself enough time in this show to do that. But the first hour was cram-packed with four really great guests. Um, so I just didn't have the, the time to do that. I didn't want to miss out on a word they were saying. And then this hour is taken up with just a piece of an interview that I did with four amazing men that went for two and a half hours this conversation it's we just were enjoying and they were just enjoying each other so much that we we couldn't find an ending point well i have a solution for you if it's a two and a half hour interview that you did with four other people take yours out and it'll only be one minute (laughs) oh 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 i see i think i'm being zeroed in on here i think that's what you got the target right there (laughs) oh my goodness um, so that was a, it was sad for me that you weren't ab- available, Dan, to be part of that interview, uh, because it was so rich. It was really, really good. And we were talking about something that we're sort of, we're just kind of loosely calling it the unity project. And the, the men that I was interviewing is Maj Ture, Black Guns Matter, right? Kevin Dixie, No Other Choice Firearms Training and Aiming for the Truth. Ken Scott of Provectus Group, and Argo J, who is doing uh, this tremendous movie project uh, called Black Ops, and that is uh, change Black Opinion in Popular Society, changing the image of African Americans and firearms one round at a time. So we got all kind of uh, metaphors and uh, puns going on here today, but an important project and all together, you know, these guys, they could be competitors. 
You know, they could try to jab at each other publicly and, you know, start creating drama. And other people are baiting them to do it all the time. They're too smart for that. They know what their purpose is. They know what they're doing. And uh, they couldn't do it without each other Abs- and their support. Absolutely. I mean, each individual man and their, their, their team and their project is powerful. Right. But then when you put them all together, I think it was either Maj or Ken was calling it the uh, the Justice League of, you know, the firearms community or something like that. And it was it was really um, an awesome interview. You're not going to want to just stick with the 45 minutes or so that I was able to <coughs> fit into today's show. You're going to want to go to our gun streamer or our YouTube channels, and we will have the entire two and a half hours posted there. It was funny, fun, serious, a little bit of everything. Yeah, and if you want to conquer the world, each one of these guys are making their own addition to a gun, uh, either a handgun or a long gun. And if you collect all five of them, then you have the The, the golden ticket. Rings the infinity rings or the infinity stones yes. or whatever they were calling it. It was kind of our own little uh, side joke that, you know, they're trying to eradicate the lies of gun control. And so if you, you know, collect all of these tools, you didn't let me finish. Oh, if you collect, (laughs) if you collect, yeah, if you collect all five of them, uh, you know, you can conquer the world with them. And those guns are going to be available at azfirearms.com at 215 East Western in Avondale, Arizona, all of them. Yes, we are shamelessly bragging that we are the first gun shop in America to carry all of these uh, new guns from each of these men's projects that, that, that have been developed by each of these wonderful guys that we know and call our friends. And they put a lot of thought in these, too. It's not like, you know, they just paint them a certain color. No, there's a lot of thought. They went to the manufacturers. They work with them. They're beautiful guns. They really are. All right. Well, without further ado, we're going to break for a couple of quick messages, and then when we come back... We you, the forty-five minute clip that I could pull out uh, of the two and a half hours is on the other side of these messages on zeroing in on gun for freedom radio. This is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Hey, 
ladies. Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Carol Todd with Gun Freedom Radio, and I am here in this crazy chat room, video chat room, with four really awesome friends, and we are going to be talking about what we're referring to as a unity project, and so that'll become more uh, clear as we go on why we're calling it that, but I want to introduce our wonderful guests. We have... Argo J, play the camera, Argo. So Argo is just an American who likes guns and the culture surrounding them, and he is working on a documentary titled Black Ops, Black Opinion in Popular Society. Then we have Ken Scott. Wave the camera. So there's Ken. He is the owner and founder of Provectus Group. Uh, a multidiscipline defense firm specializing in consulting and training for law enforcement, military, corporate, and civilians. And I love his mission. His mission 
is that uh, he can spread the good word so that others may stay alive because that is God's gift to him. And safety is his gift to the rest of us. So thank you for being here, Scott. Next we have Kevin Dixie, who if I was cooler, I could be called KB, like the cool kids do. But I'm not cool enough yet, so wave at the camera, Kevin. What's going on? Very good. Kevin is the owner of No Other Choice Fire Training and the founder of Aiming for the Truth. And Maj Ture. Hello. Mr. Black Guns Matter himself with his cigar because this is in the evening. We are we are post five o'clock everywhere. So we are just Argo is working on a um a a video, a movie. And then our other gentlemen here have all just developed and launched their own firearm, their own specially designed firearm. And so Ken Scott has the Elite. Kevin Dixie has the Truth Firearm Series because just one wasn't enough for a gun guy like Kevin. And of course, Maj has the Head Down Solutionary um, so welcome everyone to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So I think I want to kind of just start with the idea. See, a post that Kevin put up kind of got me thinking about all of this and thinking about bringing you all together. Um, and so I'm going to start with a question to him. And then um, Maj Trey got me thinking about the fact that it's February. It's Black History Month. This is the perfect time to start this conversation about not only the different projects, but also um, the, the unity that exists in the men that you see on the screen here before you. But Kevin, why is it so important for people to understand that you each are doing something sort of similar but different not only with the, the firearms, the video project, um, but working with your communities that, that you live around and you travel around the country. Why is it so important for people to understand that even though you could be competitors in certain ways, that instead you've decided to lift one another up? Well, I know for me, it's, it's multifaceted, but the first thing I will say is, you know, part of what I think we all bring to the table is a, a sense of education. And I think that one of our duties is to educate gun people about how you actually should be working together. So we're going to lead by example. Um, the other thing is, it, it's sad to say, but it is the truth, especially if we're talking casual and very open. Uh, because of our melanin and our skin, because of our appearance, there's this, this Highlander mentality, there can only be one, right? Um, and there can only be one, and that is the individual we are going to coin, whoever that is that somebody associates with, that's who we're going to coin the leader, the guider, uh, if you will, instead of respecting the fact that we're all leaders, you know, we're all leaders, and we're all alphas. And how do we, how do we show people that it's not okay for you to even think there can only be one? Once you fix your mouth, to say in a community that you believe should be diverse is diverse, once you fix your mouth to say the black leader, then we got a problem, right? Because you aren't accepting the diversity. It's okay to say, hey, I'm glad to see more guys of uh, color, more you know, minority guys, more guys with perspective come in the gate. Uh, but I just wanted to, to start 
be part of the conversation rather that says that not only are we going to show you that we should be respected as individuals and our abilities should be respected as individuals, we're going to show you how to form Voltron and do it the right way and still be able to go back out, have our impact on the people we impact daily, cross-pollinate with each other, love each other, show growth, show support, and show the gun community and every other community, this is what it looks like when you join together versus sitting back fighting from some fighting for rather some imaginary market share that really doesn't even exist. And so I respect every single man on this screen. Um, and one, th one thing to be true, I can respect leaders and genuine people when I meet them. So I never want to compete. My whole thing is, well, if you're strong and I'm strong, what are we together? Right? So that's, that's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a part of that. Oh, I love that. That was so well said. Um, so Maj, I've seen on your uh, social media feed, uh, people actually trying to bait you into yes. throwing shade at different leaders in the community. And, and I don't know that I could say it was specifically other um, black leaders, but uh, you never take the bait. And I really admire that. And so can you kind of talk to us about, you know, what is that? What is your experience as you're as the bait's coming at you and you're trying to help be the teacher in the situation? One, um, it's just knowing that everybody, most of the guys in the gun community that's about they salt, most of the guys are older than me, one. If they're older than me and if they have more experience than me, they're better at it than me. Um, like I always, the thing that I always say, individually, three to five yards, I'm pretty cool, like for myself. But the rumble that we're in right now is not for myself. It's not for one person. Mm. So the biggest thing for me was showing that, okay, one, I see how they're going to flank. You know, these guys have credentials. These guys have law enforcement backgrounds. These guys are, you know, jobs and pillars in the gun community, right? Um, they, there are certain things that they'll get attacked on that they almost, they kind of like, you know, um, they squared away pretty much, like, to be perfectly honest. So much so that they almost can't say anything about certain things. Me coming in and not being attached to any of those things or those restrictions, because we have a shared commonality from a lot of the same places across the country, there's things that I can say and speak out and still so show unity. Um, for one, for example, these guys deal with and train and work with high levels of law enforcement. Um, in order for us to have conversations around certain sections of law enforcement, not handling communities properly, you know, I'm more free to say that. It's better to add that freedom to the mix as opposed to allowing people to bait us into, well, you know, they the cops. Well, yeah, I know some good cops, too. I know some good brothers, too. And, and, and you know, like that phrase that KD just said, cross-pollinate. I can tell dudes that's law enforcement background, like, nah, and I, I know those guys know it, but sometimes it's good to hear it from somebody that's not from the same, you know, lane. That was one thing. The other thing is just, uh, it's like hip hop is the only music that they always try to make it a competitive sport. There's, there's, we're gonna push each other regardless because if somebody does something great, you go, okay, that's good for that individual, that's gonna be good for the collective. <coughs> but you never see country music like battle. It's not like country music battles. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, pop star battles now those people will push each other for the grammys and they'll support each other they'll get on stage they'll say oh man this is crazy i won there's so many great people in my category but for some reason urban things are made like 
to compete against each other, almost to the point of I have to demolish somebody. But most times, that's an outside external stimuli telling people from that demographic that that's what they have to do. Um, and even in becoming more and more entrenched in the gun community, I saw it so much, not even just with brothers. You know, there's a phrase that it's like, oh, the gun community, we eat our own. And it was like, well, first, I'm not a gun guy. That, so let's let's remove that out of the equation. So now we snatch away that capability of someone to try to utilize that because I want to reach beginners. The beginner shouldn't stay with me. The beginner should link up, then go to KD, then go to Argo, then go to Ken, you know, all of those different things. I think what was happening was um, people didn't respect other people's lanes enough to not to, to not uh, to not to, to not say or outright about saying that's not my lane. These people, these men and women are the experts. You just happen to like me. You'll like them too. And they'll be able to teach you far more stuff that can save your life. And I think that was the key that was missing, especially uh, more specifically in, in the black community in general, but also that translate, you take you with you. So that was translating in the, uh, in the gun culture and the gun community alone. And for me, it was just important to show, you can say I'm around high level trainers and individuals and my, I don't suffer from that insecurity bug, so I don't feel threatened in any way, shape, or form. There's no reason to be threatened by men that know what they're doing, you know? So that was, that's what was mostly important for me in, in presenting it that way and never taking that way. I could be mad. I'm mad at the NRA right now, highly mad, and I've been very critical of them. I blocked them on social media. It's like the, the millennial answer, like, I'm going to block you. <laughs> <laughs> You know you messed up when you got blocked. Right. The funny thing is, I can be mad at them, and I'm still going to defend them when they're right. Yes. You know what I'm saying I can, I, you know, I can be, I can, I can uh, be mad at Argo because I haven't seen Argo in however long, <laughs> and then poke fun at him as a brother on social media, like, "Yo, Argo, what? you know, that's the camaraderie that we need." <laughs> There's a way to disagree with individual things and still keep that collective silent. And I think that was the most important thing that I, you know, or the strength that I could bring to the table, just because I know that these guys have certifications and attachments to things that I know that they want to say. And uh, ain't nobody, can't nobody take a certification from me. I ain't gotten none. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I thought yeah. that was very cool. Yeah. That's very good. Um, so Ken, did you have something to say? I didn't want to cut you off there. No, it just, I agree 100%. I mean, it's, you can't hurt somebody with something they ain't got. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a, a u very unique perspective mm -hmm. on that for sure. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. And what he said was correct, dude. But a lot of times when people don't have something, it, it's like he was saying that insecurity. And I was just saying that insecurity is what drives the need to try to puff me up and shove you down. So, right. Um, well, you know, and, and, and a lot of times I think, Cheryl, a lot of it is just something that's perceived. When you're in the public's eye, like Maj is, like we are, and not even me so much, because like I said, like all of you said, I, I, took, I take breaks. I don't care. I'll shut social media down because it becomes consuming uh, to the yeah, point where yeah. it leads into your real life. And mm -hmm. I, I can't have that. I have to have a direct division between what's real for me and what's real about me. You know what I mean? Social media is what's real about me. Uh, my life is what's real for me. So I have to make sure that I keep those two things, you know, separate 
and I keep them in check because once you lose that check, sometimes you get a, you get a, you get, you lose your grasp on reality. And I don't want that to happen to me. Uh, but you know, I think for the most part, a lot of us, when I first started, there were no real black spokespersons uh, on in, in the public side. The only person was uh, Colion Noir, and he had just started out at the time. Um, and I kind of started out wanting to be a little bit different than he was. Um, I mean, you had guys like the Reverend Ken Blanchard, of course, who was the, was the godfather, but he still didn't have a, uh, a mainstay at the table in the public side. You know, so he was still kind of, you know, there's a black guy over there somewhere, you know, we'll call on him when needed, you know, but right now this, you know, there's nobody there. And there were a lot of people that said, hey, you know, why don't you uh, go at Colleon Noir, come at him, come at him for what? You know, why would I do that? Uh, there, I have no reason to do that, number one. In fact, I even credit him in my videos, in my intro video, saying that he was the reason that I jumped on social media or, in, or uh, YouTube at the time because he gave me inspiration because I caught inspiration from him. And I said that there are voices that need to be heard and why not have mine be one of them. So I think a lot of people confuse popularity and celebrity with actual activism and actual work. And a lot of that, a lot of time it gets all jumbled together. So people become envious and they try to pit us together because to them it's entertainment. Mm. To us, it's real. You know, and it's very real. And, and the benefits, too, the benefits too, don't, don't, how don't. How powerful this is. Uh, huh? But then, too, you got to think about how powerful this is, man. I mean, I, I don't know what the actual figure is of black people that are in the firearms, in the firearm industry in general. But I'd say it's 1% to 2%, man. 3%. Hell, just walk around SHOT Show. NRA. Yeah, I mean, I've seen growth in the last few years, definitely. It has. You know, more it and has. more. But it you're has. right, Ken. The numbers are still, still I mean, not where they should be. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out. I'm going to say not even black people. I think the minority gun owner as a whole, you know what I mean, which encompasses, I think, people other than um, uh, African-Americans. I think Absolutely. it encompasses uh, people who choose to have alternate lifestyles. I hate that word, alternate lifestyles. You know what I mean? But you know what I'm yep. saying? Uh, yep. You know, it encompasses all of what America looks like. But yep. for some reason, you know, that optic is, is something that scares a lot of people. You know, I don't want to see an armed gay guy. I don't want to see an armed black dude. You know, I don't want to sure. see an armed Muslim American. You know what I mean? But, sure. it, but there's nothing wrong with any of the three that I just said. There's sure. absolutely nothing wrong with what I just said. But fear and ignorance have us locked in. And, and that's what we are trying. I think collectively, that's our goal. Even though we're, reaching, we're going about it different ways, I think collectively the end result uh, is what brings us together and, and, and joins us and keeps us collectively working together. It's the change of, of the perspective. You know, right. what, is, what is your perception of, and I'm just talking specifically about, you know, uh, people that are African-American. When I first got into this, it was to start a company to teach people how to stay alive. <clears throat> because of the color of my skin, you know, you know, you have people of our color, of our ethnicity that, you know, naturally look up to you, not just for the instruction of the firearm, but hell man, me and KD, all of us separately and together have taught, had this conversation. 
they look to us for you know how to live our li- how to live their lives in, in certain uh, situations. And absolutely, I um, <clears throat> so it's not that it it, it kind of forced me to kind of get into advocacy or anything like that. I kind of feel that that was honestly a calling that I was running from because uh, I didn't want to have nothing to do with any of it for whatever the reason was. But I, I think that. Yes, here recently, uh, since SHOT Show, I've been called or messaged or emailed by certain um, powerful individuals that represent companies that represent, and some of these companies are companies that I actually want to deal with or I currently deal with, and they're like, hey, you know, you're dealing with such and such, you know, can you cut ties? Can you do whatever? And I'm like, nope, (laughs) because at the end of the day, I don't really care about what I could gain by dealing with whatever company. I know you dudes, right? And we're going to stick together. You know, we, I, I, I think secretly, and we've all had this conversation, we all motivate one another. We're all better than each other. You got what I, if that makes sense. And, and we all know that if we want to get somewhere, you need to surround yourself with people that are where you want to be. And I think that's the reason why all four of us have come together the way that we have. And, and each one of us has our own reasons for each individual, for each one of us, you know, why we mess with that particular individual. And, and it's not, I, I don't think that it's a relationship out of convenience or it's something where you would put them in that associate category. We understand what's at stake. We understand that number one, all of us are genuine right? Which I think is the most important part. And I think uh, Maj called it um, when we were in, uh, was we in uh, St. Louis? And you called it, what'd you call it? The, uh, not the Avengers. No, the, Justice League. the huh? Justice League. The Justice League. That's what this needs to be. Mm-hmm. Let's change that name. <laughs> but, but like, I mean, I truly believe in that. And it, and it ain't just for black folks. It's for everybody. Like when you really like Think back to Martin Luther King. He didn't just unite black people. He wasn't just doing all that stuff for black folks. He was doing that for everybody. And we have that opportunity to do that, whether it's through guns, whether it's through public speaking, whether it's just bringing folks together, whether it's training, whether it's making documentaries. We're kind of covering everything. I mean, to me, like that title, the Justice League is it. I mean, we cover every base. And every one of us are vastly intelligent and 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 so turned on in, in a particular area. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know, man. It, it's dope. I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. But you you I know what I was afraid of? Because of them, huh? You know what I was afraid of? So I remember when you know how you meet somebody that you like or you watched before, like a celebrity. Yep. yep. And then you like. Oh, I shouldn't have met this dude. It's like he's a horrible person, right? You know Steven Seagal. I was like, yo, I, I had this vision. You ain't lying. That's how I felt when I met KD. Like, oh, raggedy. oh, raggedy. Look, and so in my mind, I was like, yo, I kind of knew. I knew you was going. Ken, I knew you was going to be down when you came to the Atlanta joint first. I was like, all right, Ken gonna be down. I, I don't think at the at the first Atlanta John, I hadn't really linked up with KD yet. Hmm. Argo, I knew Argo was gonna be cool because we had chopped it up and he put out a video about me and the Dunkin' Donuts thing. I was like, all right, he gets the humor, he da da da. 
So in my mind, I was already like, all right, him, 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 him. And we've had, you know, individual, you know, relationships in that area. Um, but what happened with Argo was uh, one of the guys that is a crab in the barrel in Atlanta that had started this little smear campaign on me had tried it. And I was about to play myself. I really was about to play myself. And Argo stepped in. And Argo said, nah, that's not. You know that's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna. I'm not. That's that's not going that way. That's at that moment I was like, okay, this is bigger than uh, this is bigger than just the opportunity or what the smear campaign is. And like Ken just said, I get calls from people. Yo, you want to bang with this dude? Joe, you don't want to da da da. And it's like, yeah, I, that's my man's. I rock with him. Well, for for Kevin, for KD, for me, what it was when I saw that he was doing a joint called Aiming for the Truth. And I was like, that makes sense. And for him to be able to put his ministry in it, um, all of these brothers I've seen have, uh, you know, they have strong, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a isolated to Christian beliefs, um, just because that's the best word that, I, that fits. Uh, but I saw their beliefs that translated past beyond their particular religious choice, and I saw them do that in real time. You know what I'm saying? So for me, now, I'm, and again, I've seen other instructors that happen to be black, that happen to be African-American, that happen to be Spanish, but they didn't have that same, um, that Justice League mentality. Justice transcends all of that. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, it was like, all right, absolutely. Then, just so happens, okay, Ken got a gun coming out. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Then I started, you know, hyping up two guns. Then I didn't even know KD joint was coming out. I yeah. deliberately kept my yeah, nobody knew. Those dirty, sneaky, something or other. Yes. He knew. Trust he him, knew. <laughs> he, yeah. trust. he just pop yeah. up in his house. He's like, oh, my bad. Did I tell you about this gun? Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We all got secrets. We all got secrets. Right. Uh -huh. right. Don't keep and them. So for me, that, that presentation was like, okay, this makes sense. Not only prototype, not, prototype. Not only is this not only Woo! is this a Justice League, but the products. Oh, all right, you said it because I, I was hyped. I wanted to say it, but it, you said it so good. Um, not only not only do we have common themes and, and and commonalities and a shared collective background, because let's keep it. If we keeping it, if we keeping it all the way a hundred, if we keeping it all the way a hundred, if you're a black man in America. You know certain vibes, certain things that you just know. It's just things that come with the culture. With that being the case, to have that and then have product, we go from the Justice League to at any given moment we can snap, and we the infinity, we the we the, we the infinity mm -hmm. gauntlet. We good movie. And with you know, with the snap mm -hmm. of that finger, a lot of the hate, a lot of the crab in the barrel, a lot of that changes. Half of that foolishness disappears if we collectively work together. So, I mean, all of that, and I, I just want to pay homage to these brothers, man, because. I know they get the calls. I know they get the Maj ain't this, this person ain't this. Everybody gets those calls about everybody. That's what happens in business generally. It's right. a very cutthroat scenario. You know what I mean? But for them to, you know, recognize that, you know, nah, that's these are my brothers. You know what I mean? What I want for myself, I want for my brother. That's something that's bigger than just a firearm. Absolutely. Well, I think I think individually, individually we're unstoppable, but together, man. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what to put it. I don't. I don't know what to, to insert. Hey, it's the '96 uh, Bulls. The <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just not. I'm just not Cartwright. I'm just not afraid. Yeah, and I don't want to be Dennis Rodman either. 
I could be Robin. I could be Robin. Yeah, I'm a little that. eccentric like that. You know I'm what I mean? good. I like my hair color. <laughs> you know, I think, I think uh, going back to something that um, kind of everybody kind of capsulated, I, I think that there is a, a big, not only with, with us all being around at the same time. And I've been saying this for like three or four years now. Like no other time in history has there been so many well-articulated people that have commonalities that do it so different. Like if we miss this moment in history, we are going to regret it, right? I agree. The presence of social media and platforms. And if you look at the, if you look at each individual here, speak, even the ones that aren't on, on the show right now, everybody is so great at being unique, right? Um, and it's so egoless. And I think that if we, if we step on these gifts and we don't amplify them correctly, we're going to miss out on the time of history that's bigger than any of us, right? And another thing, I think that with us coming in, um, present, present company and others that aren't here included, I believe what happens with that is when I said about, now who said some, somebody said something, I think Argo, you said it about it being entertainment versus uh, real life. Right. I, People I, I view what we do on social media on the entertainment side because it entertains them and they don't correlate that it's real life for us. And this is only a snapshot of a moment in time for us. It's not what our life is truly like. You know what I mean? They don't know right that now. They don't know the ugly of it. They don't know the beauty of it. They don't know the hard work that, that goes behind what, what people do. And, and so the way that I found that I, I said this, um, I started saying this about six or seven months ago and it was, I was getting this whole thing about, you know, cause you're a gun dude. They want to compare you to other gun guys in general. doesn't matter what they look like. I want to compare you. And I, and I just, I told somebody and I meant every word of it. And I mean it to this day. I said, look, and to, 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 to kind of piggyback off what Argo said, there are influencers, there are social media influencers, and then there are influencers that happen to be on social media. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, the difference. I stole that from you, just so you know. Uh, I knew you a thief. I expected it. It's cool. I stole it. <laughs> you know? But, you know, it's, it's, I think everybody here, minus a camera, would still be doing the same thing. Oh, yeah, man. You know? So if, if when you don't cut it, when you don't hit the power button for money, when you don't hit it just for gadgets and gadgets from companies, when you actually hit it with a mission and a purpose, now, sure, it's, it's some of the benefits perks of the job, if you will, is being able to, to, to be around the cool stuff and, you know, get behind the scenes information and get something. Yeah, I mean, that's a perk. But is it the purpose? And there's a difference between perks and purpose. And I believe a lot of people that have been doing it have been doing it for the perks. We're here for a purpose, right? Yeah. And so when you were, when you were being driven by a mission that, that exists outside of social media, everything else is just a, a, it's just a friendly additive. That's all it is. Guns are a carrot. Guns are, let me be very, very honest about it. When I dangle a gun out and put up a little video or something and show a gun, yeah, I like guns, don't get me wrong, but the guns are carry because whether you love them or hate them, you are going to stop and see what I got to say, mm -hmm. right? And then once I just, I tell people all the time, you came for the guns and you stayed for the education. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's, that's what makes this movement different. I just really do. And it's not hating on anybody else. It's not saying... I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure everybody here has been was a, a consumer of the content before you ever cut on the camera. I watched a whole bunch of gun dudes and still watch some yes. of them. Learn from them and absorb from them um, all the time. You know, I mean, it's nothing against anybody, but there is a way of there is the way of doing things, and there is the new wave that is coming, and it's here. So deal with it. You'll be all right. So I I'm loving all of this, um, 
and I don't want to get too deep in before we get a chance to talk about the the different projects that everybody's got going on but I have to tell you I was watching a documentary last night about the singer Sam Cooke well all I ever knew was that Sam Cooke was a singer he did you know uh, working on the chain gang and you know, back in the early 60s I suppose and I loved his music and everything but apparently who knew I didn't that he was part of the civil rights movement at the time Mm-hmm. He was cut of the same cloth that you gentlemen were because he was coming into this record um, business and he started seeing, oh, wait a minute, people that do what I do are getting pennies but doing all the work, so I'm going to have my own record company and sign my own uh, talent, mm-hmm. pay them mm-hmm. fairly and that sort of thing. And um, so that part was, was super interesting that I didn't know about. But there was this one tiny scene where they were showing that Sam Cooke and Muhammad Ali had become these pals, like the four of you, true friends, just cutting up with each other, just enjoying each other, just loving each other. And there was some something they appeared on TV together. And whoever it was that they were interviewing at the time on this documentary said that that was unmeasurably powerful in I think it was 1964 for all young children of color and then they kind of projected in their mind that you know young Michael Jackson and young Prince would have been watching this and how much that may have impacted them to be able to see that unity right and I just thought man that was such perfect timing that I happened to see that last night they can't. No. They, that's why it was important for me to not be a gun dude. I mean, I got Krav Maga books over there. I got um, weapons books from like ancient uh, African and Arab weapons. That book cost me two hundred dollars. At this uh, uh, book, you know how the guys with books come to gun shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot about weaponry, but that does not help the movement. For me to get in and just talk, every every gun person for the most part, we all pretty much follow um, kind of like a warrior samurai type code. Like that's, that comes from whether you're in the street, whether whatever, if you're doing those things, there's certain disciplines are going to develop other disciplines. What was missing was somebody saying, how can I get the people that know none of this to all of these other people? You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's like you said, when, when you see a scenario where you, you see younger people going, okay, this is an option for me. This is something that, even if it's just, I like guns, um, I want, I, you know, I remember one time I took my G17 apart and didn't know how to put it back together. Yeah. Now that creates yeah. a space where, okay, maybe that person, maybe that young person's a, a gunsmith and he or she doesn't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? Then you see all of these younger women, you know, uh, Trill Toya, uh, uh, skips, skip tactical solutions. You see, you know, all of these uh, Van, Van Lethia. You see all of these women, and okay, now that that creates another different wave. That's a that's a Harriet Tubman, like you know, Katie was saying. You know what I'm saying? So that visual, you know, PR is perception and reality. Using those perceptions to create realities, and I think that is a, a huge, like to to your point towards the same put with Muhammad Ali thing. No different than we saw a collective of you know, uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and, and Jim Brown and, and, and Muhammad Ali and these brothers sitting together and say, hey, there's, 
we do these things individually, but collectively there's a bigger social or um, political, uh, financial, all of those different whatever causes that we can collective, again, form to create and be about and espouse those virtues of justice. So yeah, it's right in alignment with that. Absolutely. And, and Jim Brown was one of their friends as well, as well as Malcolm X. And so, you know, people have, people enter Malcolm X's life at, at one of the three huge junctures and lock on, this is who Malcolm X is, right? Yeah. But, um, they don't know the man. Oh, I like they don't it. Know the man. You know? <laughs> oh, this shirt says, this is, uh, my ancestors paid the price, and I'm just the receipt. And you know? that explains your hat. That's yeah. your shirt, bro? Yeah. You don't have my address? <laughs> this dude. I ain't seen this cat in seven months. The first thing he says, give me yeah, some. Argo, you been out. <laughs> I have been out. With what? I still love you, though. We what you say? Yo, hey, hey, AJ, I, I baited you on social media. I was like, oh, yeah, Argo don't. Such, such, such. I was like, we gonna get him back outside. That ain't. I don't know what's happening, but we gonna get him back outside. Yo, I told you. No, no. Real speak. I, sometimes you gotta take breaks. Me, I'm, I'm that kind of person that, that kind of, you, you know, I gotta, I have to have everything in its place. You know what I mean? I do. And when they start to blend and bleed, it becomes problematic for me. And, and at, at times, like I got people on social media right now that when I just jump back on. I got beef that I have no idea how I got there. Like, like, like what you is this? You know what you did. You know like, what you did. And, and chill, if I knew what I, when I tell you I don't do anything and I don't mess with anybody outside of my circle, like, that's it. Like, so people have beef because of what Maj was talking about, because of what we were talking about, because of the perceived reality of what this is. And right. this is not that. You know what I mean? Like, like the caliber of men that you have on here, Put it like this, all of these men are welcome in my home. In fact, one has even stayed in my home. You know what I mean? I don't invite people to my home. It was home. me. You know what I mean? That's why all your DVDs missing now. Go ahead, go. Right, right. Every last one of them. All of them. Oh, man. Except for the whiz. He, I, I, I hide the whiz whenever people come around. Where you at? So Sam Cooke, again, I don't know how he got featured so prominently in this, but um, it's so fresh in my mind that he was using his music to make a statement, but he was doing it in such a really under-the-radar way, according to this documentary, because of the times and because of the position that he was in where he's he was under somebody's label and they wouldn't play him and so forth if he didn't do what they wanted him to do. And so the, the song I mentioned, Working on the Chain Gang, one of the people being interviewed said, so it's a snappy little catchy tune that was heard one way by a certain segment of the population, but a completely different way because of the Jim Crow laws, because of the early um, uh, industrial prison complex at the time, all right. of that completely different, same song, heard different ways by different audiences and his use of pop culture. And so leaning into your project, Argo, with your movie, so that's, you know, people love to go see movies and then, uh-oh, we're going to learn something while we're there. You got to sneak that in. You know, uh, you got to sneak that, that in. That's I would cool. go for that, yeah. but 
<laughs> that's the zucchini spaghetti thing. You know what I mean? That's that whole zucchini spaghetti thing. You know, you got to sneak in the veggies. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> go ahead. So tell us about your movie. And it, it has uh, a great title, but a long title. I'm going to let you say it and explain it to us, please. All right. Well, the title is simply just, oh, I have it on my shirt. It's Black Ops, the documentary. But Black Ops, it, of course, uh, means something. And the meaning is uh, Black opinion in popular society. And that, of course, kind of speaks volumes in and of itself. But what the movie does is going to showcase the fact that, or, well, how Black Americans are socially perceived and what the reality is. And we have to be able to demonstratively explain the differences. You know what I mean? And we have to, and we have to make sure that everybody understands we're all the same, even though we're different. You look at, you know, what lies under the umbrella of, of American, and there's no two people that are going to stand side by side that are going to be identical, even identical twins are, okay? So that, does, that, that same thought applies to us as American citizens, which applies to us as different races of American citizens. Although, for a very long time, there was only thought that one race kind of categorically had the monopoly on firearms, and that's not true. That's not true. And uh, that's why I started in the firearms industry, to show people that, hey, there are people that look like us out here doing this and that know what they're doing. And I think that it's time that the rest of America understands that we are, you know, we are not the threat. You see me walking down the street and you grab your purse, but guess what? I'm looking for that dude who's going to grab your purse. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not looking for him. Like if he comes in me while I'm there, hell, he's in trouble. But you know what I'm saying? So, I, I'm, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. And, and most of us aren't. Uh, and that's, it's time that we squash the divide, I'm, the division that's in the country. I'm, I'm and glad bring that us you on said board. that. I'm glad you said that, Jay. Like <clears throat> at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing in my mind that I feel, um, you know, that we're having to overcome. Because when you think about the, what's the stigma, what's the idea? When you think about a, a man of color owning a farm is, is for the most part, not a positive thing. No. It's uh, something to do with a thug or something to do with somebody in the hood or some do, there's some type of negative connotation, all right? So the thing is, is that I'm not that person that likes to point fingers, right? So I look at it like, well, if that's the connotation, maybe that's what we've been portraying. It's our responsibility to portray something different. And I think that that is all of our collective responsibility. It's not maybe, I know KD probably talks about it a bunch, you know, but, you know, me personally, I don't talk about it a lot, but, you know, secretly, that's my thing, you know, where it's like, it's not that I'm here to change your mind or anything like that, but I just need you to understand that there are um, good people out here good men out here that are of color, regardless of where their ethnicity uh, lies. Um, and there's a, there's a lot that you can learn from us. And, and that's not something, I think subconsciously, when somebody hears that, they're gonna think that that's directed towards white people. No, that's actually, actually directed towards people of color as well. Because right, because we're our own worst they, critics. Yes, yeah, we're man. We're our I own mean, worst critics. To be honest with you, I, I want people of color to see that more than I want people that are not of color to see. Um, because I want them to know that it's okay to stand up and say, yeah, I believe in firearms or I believe in whatever it is, you know, right. um, but I believe in doing it the responsible way, you know, like 
and that's, I mean, dudes like Maj, I mean, that's what he does. Like, when I go to his events, like, we've all seen it. We, we're, we're sitting there, we're looking at a group of individuals as vastly uh, of people of color, and they they just, they have not been educated as far as firearms is concerned. They're and we're talking about from diverse backgrounds. We're not talking about just one specific demographic. No, we're talking about no. all demographics that come to meet Everyone. up and Everyone. don't have the information. And they have zero knowledge when it comes to firearms you know zero you know so it, it's um it, i think it's like i don't know man T to me that's how i feel about it you know that's what has been taught to me since i've been in this space um from people the guys that you see that are also a part of this um video but um uh, fans and followers and, and and supporters you know and we all get these messages we all get these messages from um, from people, and, and they are in a very vulnerable way. And these are men, you know, expressing how what we do affects and or has changed their life. Yeah. And we're normal dudes. Me, KD, R J, Maj, we're just normal dudes. Collins, we normal dudes. And and to to. I think what it's done for me is it, it's definitely put me in my place. I know it's done it for the other guys in this video, but for me, just speaking for myself, it's put me in my place where it's like, okay, like, that's you know, and, and I, and I think, but, but, you know, but to answer both questions at once, you know, Cheryl, you went back to the movie and Ken, you said something great. You know, I think that uh, we have to touch our own also um, because a lot of us are so afraid to step out into this community. Uh, KD and I have covered that before um, with the whole uh, rubber dummies incident, the whole rubber dummy situation. Mm -hmm. first, of all, first of all, killed it, addressed it, and conquered it. You know what I mean? So that's there. But um, it, it's a reality. People are afraid because they don't know and because it's not welcoming. Uh, the community is very harsh. The community is very open about being harsh and critical about letting people who are not or non-traditional come in. Uh, it's it's more so accepting of women now uh, than I think anybody else. But otherwise, there's still a lot of push that has to be. Um, that still we still have a lot of pushing to do because we still have to push the minorities through. Like why the NRA has not reached out and why they don't have a a more diverse relationship with other communities. And specifically, I don't know yet. You know, because you would think if they stand for American rights, that they're going to look like what America represents, you know, and not just have, you know, one spokesperson say, hey, this is the black experience, because the black experience, like I said in Chicago, is different for everybody. You have four gentlemen who have four different experiences on being on, on what being black is, you know, so there's no one way to tell somebody what that experience is without a collective voice. All right. So it's, cause it's not going to be the same story. They're going to be the same things in the story, you know, but every word and every chapter is going to be different and placed differently. So we have to understand that with our differences are a lot of similarities, though. And those similarities are what we should probably focus on. And let's bring us together, focused on what we have in common as people, you know, whether it be black people first and then outwards until the rest of America. But the ultimate goal is to make everybody want to feel comfortable and to work together. So, and that's the point of the movie, so. Wow. In the long and short of things, my, my, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. You better <laughs> preach. Yes. No, but no. <laughs> Mom, were you gonna say something? 
Yeah. Uh, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. We all kind of like bodybuilders. The, you know, when you're a gun guy, when you're when you, when you law enforcement, when you're a trainer, when you're a gun man, gun woman, you're in serious, like, school. It's like study. Um, that's why I still always identify self as a beginner. Um, because you got you to kind of, like, go in a dungeon like bodybuilders, you know, used to do or still do. Even to this day, most bodybuilders, for the most part, don't talk about their training. Um, there was a, a bodybuilder that chose to say, well, everybody else is not saying nothing about it. I'm going to say something about it. He took bodybuilding to a whole nother level, which is Arnold. Um, now, mind you, there's been, you know, there's been men that have won more, you know, Mr. Olympias than Arnold, so forth and so on. But there's a reason why Arnold um, catapulted, like he been on a 40-year win streak. Even though he went to, became the governor and like kind of went anti-gun. <laughs> the, reason, the reason why I use him as, as an example is because while everybody else was just being quiet, Arnold was willing to step in front of a camera and say, well, this is what I do while I'm in this dungeon. You want to know how my calves are this big? You want to see me peel my shirt off? You want to see me do that da, 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 and talk about it? Even though he had this super thick accent, you know, um, he still wound up becoming like one of the world's. He got famous for bodybuilding because he was willing to talk about it. He was willing to talk about the disciplines. He was willing to talk about some of the negatives. Then transitioned again and was like, you know what? Now I think I'm going to be the biggest movie star in the world, you know? And most of the time, you know, actors, they, they, that's a craft, you know? And a lot of times they go in a dungeon. They work on their craft. They don't talk about it. They don't share. So he was like, well, I'm going to apply that same logic over here to acting. So not only did I become famous and rich for lifting weights, now I want to become rich and famous for showing off what I've done and explaining that via movies. Then I'm going to become, since I've developed this following, now I'm going to marry into like a royal family and become the governor of the eighth largest economy in the world. You know what I'm saying? Primarily because he was not afraid to when, when everyone else was either afraid or thought they couldn't, or they were told you're not supposed to talk about bodybuilding. The men that are here now um, are taking more of a position of saying, yes, you can. Like Ken said, yes, you, yes, you can. Yeah. You can talk about it. You can talk about you like firearms. Yeah. You can talk about, you know, uh, not knowing about as much as you'd like to know about firearms to create that space because there's more people thinking the exact same way because there's an interest for a thing, but not as many people have done the serious, rigorous study. And if we make it open for them to have that conversation by seeing us doing that, it'll start translating. It happens like, like you know, like everybody's saying, it happens tremendously. You get that DM with somebody like, man, I'm so glad you said that because I was thinking that and I, I, I didn't think I was allowed to say that. You, you get those messages. I didn't even know if I could think that out loud. You know what I mean? And that, that translates and it creates what's called look, like paradigm shifts. You know, it's like, it's like uh, everybody's thinking it, but no one says it. One person says it. If you build it, they will come type vibe. And I think like, like uh, Katie said, if we don't seize that moment, having these historical, you know, uh, experiences and, and, and historical figures in all walks of life, whether that's a Malcolm X that openly said, hey, this ain't cool and we're going to do something about it. Um, if it's Harriet Tubman, if it's Argo J, if it's, you know, Katie, there are men now and women and women saying to the top of their lungs, this is fine, this is good. And if we do not seize that opportunity, we could lose, man. Like, just because you got all these good intentions, 
You know what I'm saying? If you're not changing and shaping the narrative, the other side will. Wow. It was really hard for me to find a place to kind of like, okay, let's either fade out the voices or or clip it at the end of this sentence because this conversation just kept rolling and it was so rich and engaging. Um, but you're going to want to definitely go to our gunstreamer.com channel for Gun Freedom Radio or a YouTube channel for Gun Freedom Radio because the entire two and a half hours that we chatted are posted there. Um, there's there's maybe one F-bomb and a couple of uh, other off-color words that slipped You in. did the F-bomb, Cheryl? <laughs> No, it wasn't me, but uh, we were just a bunch of friends hanging out, chatting, and, uh, you know, sometimes it happens. So just uh, know that going in, it's really not a big deal. It's not going to leave a bruise on you or anything, I promise. A um, lot of fun. So, um, man. So the ears won't bleed or anything? No, I okay. don't think there will be any <laughs> any bleeding from the ears. Uh, well, I just want to close out now. I, I hate to, to leave, but that went really quickly, this this show. They all do. Uh, I just want to thank our awesome tech crew. I want to thank our amazing guests. They bring everything to the show. Uh, and our wonderful listeners. You could be doing anything right now, and you are listening to us and to our guests and sharing those conversations around your dinner tables and your carpools and uh, your time is, you know, your most finite resource and we value you and value that so much. So until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Well, how about all but a couple in California and a couple in New York? Would that work? I think they need extra prayer. So especially the ones you don't like. They need something. Oh, man. Right? Don't we all? Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. <laughs>